You are a Madison Avenue ad executive who just landed a big account. What's your pitch? Something conservative that won't offend the flyover states? Or something edgy to disrupt the market? How will people react? Will they love the product or vilify the ad campaign? This is the Mount Rushmore of Who's the Ad Wizard Who Came Up With That? My name's Jeff, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friends Richard Hello. and Michael. Uh, Richard and Michael, they like to debate and deliberate the Mount Russian, the Mount Rushmore. Mount oh, my Russian. God. Uh, we, have, we have been bought and sold by the Russians. Vladimir Putin has play, paid me very many rubles to uh, plug him him in this uh, podcast. Is that Count Chocula? <laughs> it was Chocula-esque. Ukraine make this stuff up. Yeah, Ukraine make this up. This is the Mount Rushmore of who's the ad wizard who came up with that, and I'm here with Michael and Richard, who love to debate and deliberate the Mount Rushmore of any given topic, and that's this week's topic. Richard, you thought of it. I did think of it. Why did you think of it? Oh, oh, you want to know that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I, I think. That Why we, did you come up with this? Well, blah, blah. Who's the ad wizard? <laughs> yeah. um, I think I, I must. You know what? There was a very specific. I think this came up in a conversation that we had Michael and I over Gmail He's chat. Distancing so himself from ownership of it. I it's it's okay. always the best. Yeah, and I think I think that I think we were discussing a really insane ad campaign. I don't remember which one it was, but I think that phrase got used, and it was sort of a light bulb moment. Like, okay. hey, this could be a good topic. Cool. Well, you and Michael discussed it, and Facebook discussed it when we posted to our page or to my page the uh, Mount Rushmore of Hey, share us your craziest ad ideas. And there was a big, big, big amount of uh, audience feedback about it, so I'm super excited to throw that stuff into the mix. But uh, since Richard chose it, Michael gets to start first. So my first choice is back in 2014, the uh, Brain Boxes over at Apple teamed up with um, Mega Rockstars U2 to um, force release their new album, Songs of Innocence, to everybody that had an iPhone, um, a Mac, anybody that basically had an Apple product. They just kind of pushed. <laughs> did it get sent to my Apple two E? <laughs> just very slowly. It's still yeah, downloading. My Newton, my Newton. <laughs> they pushed this album out to everybody, whether they wanted it or not, whether they were a U2 fan or not. And um, the blowback to it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was just like, nobody wanted suddenly, you know, 82 megs of U2 sounds on their phone. And for me, I didn't really have an issue with it. I kind of like U2. I've liked a lot of their music in the past. And hey, a new free album, who cares? But yeah. for the people that ride the um, ride the edge of how much uh, phone storage they have, yeah. that suddenly 82 megs was just disappeared, mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of people were upset. Yeah. Did it come out in the iPods, too? I feel like I, I just saw a thing. They ended the iPod. Apple ended the iPod line. And... There was something of an apology for for sticking <laughs> you two on. I think the idea that it was just it was just there. I think you could delete it. Yeah. But people didn't. People don't want things that they don't want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a yeah. very very I, astute point. Now was that in that, so in that case um, advertising? I feel like people were buying that. That it didn't seem like that was a product enhancement for that. It w- that was a device that was selling so well, and we're a company that was trying to get out of the gadget business and into the entertainment business. Well, I think you know, 
iTunes was such a big push. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if this is when Apple Music was starting, but maybe it was a few years before that. Yeah. But you know, so much of their product was built was built has been built around music since yeah. the iPod came out. Yeah. And um, I think this is one of those things where you know people just think, "Hey, everybody likes you too. Hey, everybody likes Apple. Yeah. Why don't we just give it to them for free?" Mm-hmm. And it kind of backfired. Yeah. Do you think it would if if it would have been one of those like click here to have it automatic, click here to have it manually downloaded to your iTunes or whatever it was? Do you think that would have been a totally different scenario? Yes, a hundred percent. If you could just say press one button and you get this a free YouTube album, you know, I think their thing was they were pushing it as like the biggest release of an album in history. Because, uh-huh. you know, these bands like U2, which are mega bands that have been popular for 40 years, and Apple, they you have to do things at the top. It has to be the biggest. It has to be the best. Their tours have to be bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. And so what's bigger than, push it, than the biggest album release in history of 500 million mm-hmm. people suddenly having a U2 album? It's, you know... 450 million of them being like, fuck you. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had a T-Mobile LG flip phone at some point in like 2007 or 8. And on there, I had a screensaver for like some teen girl movie. I don't know what it was. It was like 13 going on 30 yeah. or fill in the blank, whatever it was. I can't remember what it, it was. But I could not remove <laughs> the JPEG image. And that's his it was, story. It was, it was embedded within this crappy flip phone that I had, which made me realize later, oh, well, I bought a, a girl's flip phone. Yeah. I should have known because it had, like, changeable covers in, like, teal and, like, a dark mm-hmm. red, like a berry. It was a really nice berry yeah. color. Yeah. And the fact that I couldn't get rid of this thing was, like... <laughs> it was infuriating because it didn't take up much space, but it took up enough that I didn't have control over my phone yeah and i think this is just a bigger version of that. it's like an early version of the your technology is trying to take over your sec- you know you have no security yeah you yeah, have yeah. no privacy yeah. yeah and that was like an early version of that right like you have no agency in whether or not you want this album like the damn thing was just there mm-hmm. you and know it's very much yeah. kind of like you know if, if Facebook, you feel like something facebook would try to pull now mm-hmm. and everyone would get up in arms about privacy yeah I think Apple has set the standard for a one-way relationship with the market. They don't tell, they don't do pre-awareness that much on um, products. They don't ask people what they want. They launch a product, and it turns out to be many times what people want. And then, I think they're also known for great advertising. I think of all the. Uh, all the oh, ad campaigns yeah. that were mimicked by other ad campaigns or that you could like remember that early i app early iPod campaign where it was kind of silhouetted people mm-hmm. dancing against a the background they were or, also they're very good at finding like one song to pair with a commercial for 30 seconds yeah. like i'm thinking of like feists 1 2 3 mm-hmm. 4 or uh that air they that did Brian a, they did, didn't they, they did, have uh, oh that's gap never mind yeah they did uh Picture book by the Kinks, yeah. and there's like a few songs that they're just like, oh, you know, obviously to roll out some sort of photo project of theirs yeah. or their camera on something. But like, they're so good at pairing those two yeah. that okay, pair it with you too. Big band, huge band. It was just the unfortunate, you know, 
ad wizard that was like, let's everybody just gets it. Yeah. Not let's not even make an option. Just everybody's gonna love this. Everybody's mm-hmm. just gonna like everybody loves you too. You're welcome, everyone. Yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. the equivalent of shipping a technology product with a virus on it. If you don't want it, <laughs> then it is a virus that you can't yeah, It's musical bloatware, <laughs> basically. Man, Freddie, what do you got? All right, so in 2017, Pepsi decided they wanted to have their own uh, I'd like to teach the world to sing type moment. And they decided to get into the cultural zeitgeist by having Kylie Jenner personally solve any sort of uh, social justice issues by giving a cop a Pepsi. Yeah, this is awful. Oh, Super Bowl commercial, right? uh, Yeah. Yeah. It was just such a terrible... Misguided idea. It's the amazing part is that now the ad wizards are actually the in-house Pepsi creative team. So this is not something that came from a outside oh. agency. They got pitched to them, and they kind of went, "Oh yeah, we'll give it a try and see mm-hmm. how it goes." No, this was something that came internally. So this there's there's no one else to blame but that this yeah. in terms of from an ad wizard perspective. Um, if you guys remember it, uh, Kylie Jenner is out shooting some photos as one does. I guess. And she sees a protest starting to happen. So being the intrepid junior reporter that she is, she decides to head over there and start taking photos. And there's a line of cops there kind of set up almost like a a riot squad. And she decides to break through the line and go up to the cop and give him a Coke. A Pepsi. Or Pepsi, sorry. See, it didn't even work for me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And uh, suddenly everything was all better. Yeah. And needless to say, um, this was kind of seen as trying to uh, profit off of the Black Lives Movement mm-hmm. and the Me Too Movement and and the Women's March and all this social justice and activation that was happening yeah. ra- around you know 2017. And it just came off like the most yeah. misguided attempt to try and be culturally relevant. Mm-hmm. And it just, just died at the, on mm-hmm. the vine. Do you think this would have worked in another era? Like, if this was Vietnam uh, and there were students protesting and... Uh, yeah, in Kent State. I can <laughs> yeah. see that. The, the guy's going to shoot a, shoot a student yeah. and someone comes up with, it with to, to him with, like, a tap. Yeah. Yeah this, was, yeah, this was definitely the wrong time to try to... Because, uh-huh. you know, there were major protests that were happening, protesting Trump or the Trump administration, I assume. Yes. Um, and his you know, racist policies. I believe the major protests that were going on were, if this was for that, that Super Bowl, then it must have been like all those airport protests about the change to migration. I think the Black Lives Matter protests were also happening right okay, around yeah. that time. And the Women's March? Women's March. Yeah. Right around then. Mm-hmm. So like they're super major important issues and it felt like it was, you know, branding them into Pepsi. It was like none of these people wanted to be affiliated with necessarily with Pepsi or anybody other than what they're affiliated with, which is, you know, stopping the oppression and the horrible policies. And it made it seem like the people who were protesting weren't really protesting anything other than they were just sort of angry. Yeah, but I you could make them happy by giving them a Pepsi. Yeah. I do wonder, I haven't seen this commercial in forever, I wonder what the protest sign said, or if it was just like generic people holding up signs that say no or I stop. am angry, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. It does seem to... Uh, angry. Richard, you just carry that one around all the time. I do. You just have it in the back and of your car, just standing out on the corner. You never know when you might need it. <laughs> the, the white privilege that is flaunted in that as well is just egregious. And yeah. it was, and also it was seen as this big black mark against millennials, uh-huh. which, I, which I, I'm not a millennial basher. They're trying to... We, Collectively, us and older generations have fucked things up so badly yeah. for millennials. I, whatever they're trying to do to get by, that's mm-hmm. fine. But I know it was seen as sort of like this indictment of the millennial culture. Uh, I do wonder if if having a positive for a company that is nearly 100 years old and has dyed-in-the-wool consumers and a diversified uh, product assortment... Does Pepsi care? <laughs> what a company, man. <laughs> we have a diversified product well, assortment. Pepsi owns so many different brands. Does it care whether you f- come away with a good impression of the company, or does it just want you to remember its traditional media advertising? Because now everything is online. Everything I don't is know. Right. With a company like Pepsi, I've always, I've never really liked their campaigns. They've always been antagonistic in a way that I, oh. I don't like. The way yeah. that Apple campaigns used to be before they became the number one. Yeah. Like whoever is number two to number one, there's always this air of like punching, like they're trying to punch up by punching down. Yeah. And I just, Pepsi's were always like, you know, the choice of the new generation. Mm -hmm. I remember their commercials from the eighties were all about rejecting Coke. Yeah. And it was just like, and Apple products like were like negative that. Negative advertising. Negative yeah. advertising. I've just never, like, I yeah. just dislike it. It's like either sell your product and people will like it, or like, you know, I hate taste test commercials. I hate all of those. Yeah. Whatever it is that Pepsi's been doing for forever as being the number two, mm-hmm. they've remained number two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what do you got, Winfield? Well, I'm going to move one up from the other half of my, um, the other side of uh, halftime. To pair it oh, with Richard's wow, okay. uh, Pepsi choice, which is uh, Coca-Cola's Magic Cans from 1990. Oh, I don't where, remember these. Uh, for good reason. <laughs> uh, Coca-Cola decided that um, in random cans, uh, they would have a random assortment of cash from wow. $1 to $500. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. That you'd open the can, um, and there would be money inside. Now, part of the problem is that they had to offset like the weight of the cans, which felt different with the money inside, by filling them with water. Oh, and also like a little compartment with water. And then the part of the problem was there was a special solution in there as well that was designed to smell funny, so that you wouldn't actually drink the cans that had the money in it. What the heck? <laughs> and um, guess who drank some of those solutions? Like kids. Kids, yeah. Oh, God. So they eventually had to pull all of their cans that had this money in them and something like 120,000 of the 750,000 cans, uh, only 120, so, you know, like a quarter, near a quarter of it or a third yeah. of it were only ever distributed. Wow. Um but yeah, $4 million in cash that they had put out was basically wasted. And I'm I never sure heard they, of these things. Yeah, I'm sure that they had to settle mm-hmm. for some of these people to wow. pay out. But it's just one of those things that, like, giving away free money. It's one of those things, you know, I guess part of my 
product so far is giving away things for free, mm-hmm. but not thinking, not thinking, it not through. thinking it through, or not yeah. thinking all the ways that it could go wrong. Like, yeah. you know, kind of poisoning people. So I have to observe that you are not just talking about necessarily an advertisement itself, but a marketing ploy. So these are marketing. So you haven't like said in the commercial blank was the spokesperson or blank was in the ad campaign. Mm. You're talking about the kind of like the product. I guess so. Marketing plan. Yeah, yeah. I guess because it's you know someone had decided that this is a way to market Coca-Cola yeah. by just putting money in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's how you know that Coca-Cola has a lot of money. You just They're just it. stuffing money into their <laughs> Coke cans. A dollar doesn't seem like that much of an incentive. Like, if I was really thirsty and I opened a Coke can, and all I got was like a buck... You'd yeah. have to go buy another and Then I have to go buy another Coke that's probably going to cost, back in 1990, what, 75 cents? <laughs> so yeah, I'm making a quarter cents. profit off yeah. of this, and I got all the hassle of having to buy a new Coke. This doesn't, this doesn't matter. No, it doesn't add up. <laughs> My peeve about uh, any beverage you now get is you twist off, suppose the twist off caps. You twist off the cap and... You, I don't know why, but you look in the bottom of the cap, and it always says, sorry, you lose. Like, <laughs> I didn't know I was playing anything, but I well, lost that's, the that's, that's literally life, <laughs> yeah. isn't it, though? Uh-huh. Sorry, the, you lose. The most disappointing ones are, you know, like you said, you used to twist it off and said, you know, you win a jet ski. Yeah. Great. When The ones where you twist it off and it's like, go online to enter this code. No, nope, you know. I am done. And yeah. it's always like a 15-letter code. That just like, X, no. XJY dash... Yeah, two one B, and you're just like, there is no way in no hell way. I'm giving you an email because it's you know you have to sign up with an email address, yeah. <laughs> and that's how they wind up sending you the U two album. Yeah, <laughs> ah, that's how they get I you. They want it, Man, Freddy. All right, so in 2015, Bloomingdale's uh, put out their Christmas catalog. Okay, uh, one of the little ad sort of things that was in the Christmas catalog was I will I will I will describe this to you the best way I can. Please look it up on your own. Um, it was a an attractive female in kind of business outfit or whatever, kind of looking away and laughing. Picture looking off to the side with like a nice laugh on her face, and next to her is this Robin Thicke looking male model type, kind of just sort of glaring at, glancing at her, kind of like with a kind of mysterious look on his face. And the ad tag, the the, the ad line here, the tagline is "Spike your best friend's eggnog when they're not looking." Oh God! Yes. Wow, that was this was 2015. This wasn't 1957, no, or 1962. Mm-hmm. What, what was that? What was the mag- What was the uh... Bloomingdale's? Bloomingdale's. Okay, who you'd think would know better? Hmm. Yeah, basically, it was rape your best friend. Wow, and I'm I'm I I, I do marketing for a living. I don't really do advertising, so I'm yeah. not going to claim to be too much of an expert here. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure when you're invoking rape. In your ad campaign? Wait, why You're, Why did you go from spiking a beverage to rape? Did I think that's... Why else would you spike uh, someone's beverage? Just so they could maybe... Uh, well, whatever alcohol does to anybody. Look at the, look at the, look at the photo again. Look at how he's looking at her. Uh, that's, that's, that is 100% okay. like... Okay. Like... Date rape, okay. sort of thing. It does look skeevy. It is skeevy. I mean, I think that any any female who is listening to this uh, podcast, and God knows there probably aren't any, uh, probably chased them off at this point. But our wives probably would look at that and be terrified. Yeah, by that, but just the whole concept of that, because that's something they have to deal with every time they go out to a bar, especially if they're not with us. But it says he's her friend, right? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. Friends, best quote unquote best friends can be gross too. Okay. Okay. 
Um, God, that's for sure. Looking around this table. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I just, it's, there. this is the one that I stumbled across. Like, I, I, I almost didn't include it because I was just like, I don't know what I can say about it. I just don't understand really how this got past yeah. first you know what base. It is? Pardon the pun. Here it is. It's a Bloomingdale's ad. It's class. It is these people, these rich people. Yeah, they don't. Care. They don't care. They they get drunk all the time. They spike each other's whatever. They go off to those masked parties like mm-hmm. Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman and uh, eyes wide shot. Eyes yeah. wide shot. That is that yeah. is the world they live in. Yeah, and understood. As far yeah. as I know, that's true. Yeah, you just you just don't understand. That does seem to presage the age of uh, Donald Trump and this kind of uh, uh, Kavanaugh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, okay, so we are, I think, at our halftime now. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, I want to tease a few of the suggestions just because I think you guys are likely to choose something different. Um, our buddy Anderson Dadu said, The print ad for the 1963 Mercury Monterey was pretty wild. I almost bought one a few years back and found it. So, um, please that, describe. Yeah, that's yeah, Anderson, send it in. I haven't found that print, print ad. Um, <laughs> Uh, then there was some kind of uh, general uh, big, big ad campaigns. You guys might have gone around because you thought they might be kind of too ubiquitous. Did anybody choose the uh, Where's the Beef No, I campaign? did not. I, I have a, an adjacent one. But oh, not a, beef, one. a Beef Adjacent. Okay, yeah, well, that was adjacent. Vance Savage, which is a fabulous name. Um, Vance Savage. That's probably can describe the, the, the person in that photo, that, that <laughs> the, gentleman. The, the spike in the eggnog there. Yeah. It's definitely Vance Savage. Yeah, and three of people, more, more than one person, chose a campaign that I think at the time was not necessarily unusual or ill-advised, but that time has not been good. Uh, kind to the AIDS candy or AIDS diet candy supplement, the weight loss supplement. Right. That, that's just an unfortunate. Yes, yes. I think that's a way in which um, time has reframed our perception of something. So uh, Ken Stewart, a buddy of mine, also chose the Where's the Beef? And Ken Stewart was a powerhouse in terms of suggesting a lot of these things. So that was uh, very much appreciated. Uh, speaking of advertising, Let's advertise the Mount Rushmore podcast. Uh, let's advertise not just the episode that you're listening to, but those back episodes. Um, go back in time and listen to the thoughts, the whimsies of Manfredi Richard and Winfield Michael as uh, judged by Hopkins Jeffrey. There's two years worth, nearly 200 episodes worth, and we'd love for you to go back in time and uh, rate and um, review uh, here's what's going to make that easy. We've downloaded them onto your device. We've <laughs> we've pushed them to your Newton, to your iMac, to all your Apple devices, and you have no choice but to listen to them. But do us a favor and rate it, and do us another solid and share it. Uh, that would be super cool, super cool. And I uh, want to let you know that our next episode is going to be the Mount Rushmore of DEA. TH, right? Mount Rushmore yeah, of Death. Yeah. Spooky Halloween. Yeah. It's, it's our episode. Halloween episode. It's coming so, out on Halloween, so don't go out trick-or-treating no, with your kids. Stan. Listen to 47 minutes of, I assume, yeah. try to get it to 47 minutes yeah. of uh, death. Yes, death. 
Um, so yeah, so want to thank the people who contributed uh, to this podcast. Want to thank uh, people who are going to download, rate, and review. And I want to thank those who have at times and hopefully will go to our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and like, uh, follow, and then suggest future topics. We'll take it on. You suggest a topic and boy, howdy, we need some ideas. So we would likely take that that idea on. Especially in the new year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're winding down 2019. Yeah. How about some good at, good, yeah. uh, good we suggestions yeah. for 2020? We, may, we don't want the death episode <laughs> to be the death of the podcast or let it be. So uh, there's, there's those plugs. There's those plugs. And then Richard tells us his third. No, Michael does. Oh, I sorry, that's bad. It was wrong. false advertising. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, complaining to the FTC about you. <laughs> um, so now it's the uh, we're back from halftime, and now Michael tells us his third. Okay. Well, Richard, my I have a guess that Richard and I might have the same one. Oh, okay. okay. Well, because you mentioned where's the beef, and Richard says his was beef a Jace. Right. 1984 McDonald's Olympic nope. campaign. So that's oh, a good one. Okay. Although that's a very good one. Um. I realize as now I'm looking down all of my stuff, it's all free shit. All of my <laughs> advertising, all of the things that I think are crazy is when they try to give something away for free. Yeah. And McDonald's uh, did the same they thing in 1984 when uh, they decided... You, weigh, you win, they win, I believe was what it was. Or they win, you win. That's okay. what it was called. Where uh, McDonald's was going to give away like free fries or free yeah. soda or free Big Mac or something. Um, every time uh, a U.S. Olympian won a medal, a bronze, silver, or gold, yeah. and they based a lot of their decision off of like the 1976 uh, Olympics, where the U.S. won like 37 medals. Yeah. They're like, okay, well, you know, Russia's this big superpower, and they're doing, you know, they're pretty good, pretty good at winning uh, medals, and then 1984 rolled around, and uh, the USSR wasn't in the Olympics. Yes. And McDonald's was basically fucked. Yes. Because uh, the U.S. Olympians won uh, 83 gold medals instead of the 34 that they won the previous uh, time. And um, basically had a lot of money. I mean, (laughs) it's not a bad campaign, but it's it's another one that doesn't have a lot of foresight. Yeah. Where you think, okay, is this going to get people to buy more McDonald's? Uh, maybe it did, but it also cost you more money. <laughs> yeah. It cost you uh, probably more than they were expecting. Not that McDonald's is ever hurting for, for cash, cash but, but it's just one of those where, I mean, how, how do you predict? You know, I'm sure all the process of rolling this out was probably years in the making. Yeah. Leading up to the LA Olympics. And then it was, oh, Russia's not going to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. And if I remember this correctly from when I was a kid, they had sort of stacked the deck because they made a lot of the, because it was like a pull-off thing. You would pull off like on the, almost like the McDonald's uh, uh, Monopoly things now, where you pull it off and it would show you like what the event was that they had to win the medal in. And if I remember correctly, they had purposely given, a, made a, the vast majority of these events that the U.S. had traditionally not done very well in. Because Russia had done very yeah. well with them, and then when Russia wasn't there, suddenly we're winning fencing gold medals, mm-hmm. stuff like that, and that we that they never anticipated that the U.S. would win. Yeah. Oh come on, uh, f- Russian bear fighting, <laughs> Cossack dancing. That's not even a sport. <laughs> wasn't there a, wasn't there a Simpsons 
Didn't Krusty wind up taking a bath yes. on, on yeah. something very similar? Yes. I do recall <laughs> that was the one year where we went to McDonald's all the damn time. My parents never took us to McDonald's because it was just junk food we couldn't afford to eat. Because because you would win something, then you would go yeah. in and on the free thing, there would be a pull-off yeah. thing. And then that would let you get something for yeah. free. It was just like this never-ending cycle yes, of, of Big Macs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was the episode Lisa's First Word, and it was an Olympic promotion for Krusty Burger that was um, loosely based on a similar promotion by McDonald's. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Manfredi, your third. All right, so I will go with my burger-adjacent one. And while McDonald's had the in 1984 had the McDLT, which was a big was a big hit for them, it did keep the hot side hot and the cool side cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which I still wish they'd have that to this day. Because yeah. my hot side gets cold sometimes. So my cold side sometimes yeah. gets hot. And Wendy's had Where's the Beef? <laughs> The Where's the Beef Lady, yeah. which was a big hit for them. I was really surprised to see that was in the Who's the Ad Wizard uh, suggestion pile, because yeah. I think that was a major hit. Well, I should say that I requested the craziest campaign that you sure. can remember, so not necessarily failed. Sure, yeah. I, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And it, it, it is a campaign that probably on its face should have failed, Yeah, and who Maybe, knows yeah. why, it, why it did or didn't. Yeah. Um, so Burger King decided to get in the act, and they... Uh, uh, conspired with J. Walter Thompson to come up with a uh, $40 million ad campaign based around Where's Herb? Uh, I was going to ask you. I thought his name was Steve or, no, or it's Dave. Herb. It's Herb, yeah. Not not Peaches and Herb, yeah, just not peaches Herb. And Herb. You know there were many Peaches and only one Herb? Really? He had a new Peaches every five years. <laughs> <laughs> he caught him, he played around. And Herb kept his job as a bailiff in the Pittsburgh criminal justice system his entire career really? a- in music. The Herb podcast yeah. record. Herbcast. Herbcast. Okay. okay, back to back, back to, to Herb. Back to where's Herb. So um, in the months leading up to the Super Bowl, they launched this campaign, and they came up with this whole backstory for this uh, guy called Herb, yeah. who lived in Wisconsin. He um, was a... He worked at a cheese factory. Yeah. Also sold, sold duck decoys on the side, and he'd never had a Whopper. Oh. And if you saw him in a, in a Burger King, and you said, "Hey, there's Her- there's Herb," you would win five thousand dollars. Part of the problem is they didn't actually introduce who the character, uh, like a, the image of the character, yeah. for like two months. Oh, okay. So nobody actually knew what he looked like. They just had this like vague description of this An nerdy idea of guy. Her- okay. Once they did. It was just like, once they did launch who the person was, it was just like this nebbish looking yeah. square type. And he would just randomly show up at Burger King's, and if people saw him, they're supposed to go, look, there's Herb. And if he wasn't there, you just went up and said, I'm not Herb, and you're supposed to get like a 99-cent Whopper. Okay. The problem is, this whole Where's Waldo sort of thing has nothing to do with hamburgers. No. Like, has nothing to do with the product whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like, there is, there's no connect. Like, where's the beef? At least there was a connection there because they were trying to, yeah, to I think yeah. sell the fact that their beef was not frozen and it was a bigger patty and all that yeah. sort of stuff. There was like no connection to Burger King other than this random guy who happened to be at the store any one time. They had issues like one time an eleven-year-old kid is the one who spotted Herb, and they decided not to give him the five thousand dollars because the rule said you had to be eighteen or sixteen and over uh, to be able to win, but. Nobody read the rules because it was just something that was out there on a TV ad campaign. Hmm. So this wound up becoming like a big, you know, yeah. PR nightmare for them. They once, once again, kids coming in to ruin 
all these advertising campaigns for people. Yeah, they <laughs> were drinking poisoned uh, <laughs> soda cans. You know, speaking of kids, I would venture to say that some of these failed ones that were discussed, uh, the n- recent ones, like maybe the Kylie Jenner, maybe the Bloomingdale's Christmas catalog, are a result of the fact that whenever I see an ad on LinkedIn for advertising um, lead, it's always intern you know like this intern that has is going to lead a campaign <laughs> right i always think that they're looking to that junior not even junior that, that that summer intern to kind of lead that thing this person with maybe limited life experience and maybe a smaller perspective than somebody who had traveled the world but uh that's my random millennials and i'll shut the fuck up now okay it was such a bad campaign that they wound up even spoofing it on saturday night live yeah they had randy quaid as Herb doing a press conference asking people to please stop bothering him. Yeah. He's ruining his life. Everywhere he goes, people are coming up to him. Yeah. Please stop. Um, which, of course, was the opposite of what was happening because nobody really gave a shit about it. And they wound up losing it. Their profits went down literally 50% that yeah. year, mainly based on the failure of this campaign. Yeah. J. Walter Thompson winds up getting fired. It's just a mm-hmm. nightmare for everybody. Yeah. Uh, I will. Uh, I was a little bit fascinated with this uh, campaign. It does the the this campaign that does kind of present a halo over Burger King in that they are joining hands with uh, McDonald's uh, to help support the McDonald's charity by not selling Whoppers. A day without a Whopper, the, uh, the day we donated our guests to McDonald's charity. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, you know, I I can kind of see how if you don't have any very graceful way to. If you don't have a really good charity lined up yourself, and you don't have a graceful way to take market share away from your competitor when they're doing something good, the, you got to join them, not yeah. lick them. Yeah. You got to just piggyback on them. Yeah. And you want to trying to get as much free publicity as you can. Yeah. I should point out, just to put a bow on this, at uh, WrestleMania 2, uh, Herb did wind up as a guest timekeeper. Along really? With, along with Cla- Clara Peller. Oh, wow. They were both joint uh and Ronald McDonald was not involved. She's the where's the beef she's lady. She's the where's the beef lady. So they wound up both working at WrestleMania <laughs> 2. Holding hands, bringing, com- bringing communities together more than uh, Kylie, Kylie Jenner, Jenner ever could. Ever wow. The burger, pe- the burger wars were... See, Vince McMahon, visionary. <laughs> yeah. I love that uh, Colonel Harlan Sanders is nowhere near. <laughs> There's no... Well, he was a Southern guy, so okay. he would have been NWA, oh, Southern right. Territory at yes. the time, WCW. <laughs> okay, Winfield. Okay, um, 96.3 FM in Glasgow, Scotland, launched a campaign. Is that called the frog? I don't know what it's actual, <laughs> the frog. Uh, started a new radio station and launched a campaign with these stacks of empty racks around Glasgow. These racks, it said free air guitars. <laughs> and All right. there was nothing in them. Okay. Okay. And uh, I wanted to end on a high note of something that was silly, yeah. and something that worked, and something that was just a big joke that everybody could get in on. And people would pass by these air guitar stacks, yeah. these racks, pick up an air guitar, yeah. and pretend to start playing. And they were all, you know, these racks were all branded with the, um, the, radio the station. station name, yeah. and just... It, it kind of went viral, was picked up in magazines, and it was a very successful launch okay. for um, uh, their radio station. And what I liked about this was that it's sweet, it's innocent, 
it's another thing that's free, apparently. Yeah. And it didn't hurt anybody. It's not controversial. It's just a really, you know, we th- we say who are the ad wizards as it's always in a way that seems always negative. But what happens when like, you know, most wizards out there are like brilliant people, if not kind of kooky. Right. Yeah. Sometimes they do good. And this was, I think, was a good advertising that um, was very singular and very specialized for this very, you know, a small radio station, but it's it's brilliant. It's yeah. really, it doesn't cost really anything other than well, You got to pay for the racks. air guitars. <laughs> you got to buy the air guitars. And what happens if they're stolen? I, well, I mean, it's free, mm-hmm. so whatever. Right. But um, were they made in the USA? Or are they like the cheap ones that they kind of knock out overseas in a factory? Like, well, you'd think they make Scottish them in Scots, ones. Scottish yeah. ones, you know, maybe some lutes in there too. Bagpipes. Yeah, yeah. For hey, the bagpipes. You know what? Apple should have had Bono autograph one of those air guitars <laughs> <laughs> and give it to uh, <laughs> the Edge. Sorry, the Edge. Well, they're Irish. So it wouldn't have been. Oh, that's right. That's right. So it would have been like uh, Bell and Sebastian. Yeah. Would yeah. have gone around. or uh, the, the Proclaimers. Yeah, the Arab Strap or yeah. something. Yeah, or maybe like Teenage Fan. That's the only Scottish band. I, I know. It's tough. There's four of them. Yeah. <laughs> but I just liked, I liked something that was, <laughs> that didn't hurt anybody. Yeah. That was just a, a nice, smart thing that was out in the world for a little bit. Yeah. Adorable. Okay. Bay, Bay City Rollers. That should yeah, have been Bay the City Roll- That I, should have been the ov- obvious Scottish band joke. I, I, I'm an ACDC fan, but they're more Aussie. Aussie. They spent. They grew up in Australia. So exactly. Yeah, yeah. Richard, bring it home. All right. So um, it's not just uh, multi-billion-dollar companies that can have crazy ad ideas that don't work out. Oh, you're talking about the Mount Rushmore. <laughs> let's eat uh, crappy candies on on a Facebook. Book live? Oh yeah, <laughs> I believe it was yogurts. Yogurts, and then it was sideways. Sorry. Our door to door marketing campaign, where we just knock on doors and say, "Listen to our podcast and play yeah. seven minutes of it." Yeah. It's not been working. Have out. you heard the good news about our podcast? Yeah. We didn't even say listen. Just subscribe. Don't even, you don't have to listen. You know, to exactly. It. We don't care if you listen. Um, so, uh, Miracle Mattress in San Antonio. Oh, in September of. Uh, whatever the hell year it was. It was a few years ago. It was uh, September 2016. They decided to have a uh, special promotion around a holiday. That holiday was 9-11. Okay. There's a ding, ding, ding here because one of our uh, um, uh, discriminating viewers has also made that same suggestion. But you yeah. tell us about it. Yeah. So basically, I will, and it was a... Very one of those like very obviously local looking type of ads. You guys are all familiar with those. Those are like um, it was a woman and then two sales associates, one each behind her, um, standing in front of a two stacks of mattresses that resembled the twin towers. And she starts off by saying, "You know, as we commemorate nine eleven, we thought what better way to do that than with a twin towers mattress sale." And she goes on to explain that basically if you buy one, it's like 50% off all twin mattresses or whatever the hell the deal was. And Fane's knocking into the two sales guys who happen to be kind of brown and Middle Eastern looking, by the way, um, who then get knocked into the twin towers of mattresses, which then collapse to the ground. She feigns shock and goes, oh my God, and then looks at the camera and goes, we'll never forget. Wow. That's the entire ad campaign. Yeah. Needless to say, that did not go over very well with the uh, general public. Yeah. Um, 
they wound up having to actually close the store for about a week oh, wow. over 9-11 because they just, the, the owner basically was like, we can't, ha- this is the only way we can, Yeah, we can't be open anymore. Um, obviously, this was something where she, it was, you would imagine that one of the employees was also in charge of making the ads and the owner never really just didn't pay any attention to what was going out because they were probably just your basic. Yeah. Yeah. It's President's Day sale. Mm-hmm. They decided to get creative. Yeah. Didn't work out. And I included this because there is a whole, we could have, we really could have done a whole episode just on advertisers attempting to capitalize on 9 11. Yeah. Or trying to do something that shows their sympathies on 9 11, mm-hmm. but in a way that was really crass and tacky. Yeah. Or using 9 11, like the World Wildlife Fund had an ad that showed. A plane starting to, like an animation of a plane starting to head towards the Twin Towers. And it says something like, you know, 9-11, you know, 3,000, you know, 2,500 people were killed is the biggest, one of the greatest tragedies in U.S. history. And then they show like 100 planes coming in. And it says the, the tsunami killed 100 times that many people. Oh, God. Yeah. So there was just this, for whatever reason, even years after 9-11... Mm-hmm. organizations, companies, businesses felt the need just to try and like, like they had to say something about 9-11. Yeah. Just stay out of the way. Yeah. It's really easy to do. Just don't say anything. You don't need like Snoopy offering his condolences 20 years later. Yeah. With his MetLife. With like, uh, yeah, MetLife, never forget. <laughs> Snoopy's there think... with the Red Baron even worse. It sounds like <laughs> to me that they are capitalizing on the fact that you can run for president and people don't remember who you really are. Right, uh, they're like that. The short attention or short memory of the public is going to remember the name of this thing and not associate it with controversy later on. So the fact that somebody's talking about you is the best thing that that company can do. Right, when it's just answering to a, to a uh, profit and loss statement for its shareholders from quarter to quarter, the best thing that you can do is be something, right. whether it be controversial or not. Yeah, and especially this, I think it it gets especially bad whenever you're a small local company yeah. that probably feels like, well, it's just a local advertising. Yeah. Nobody's really going to notice. Yeah. When you're uh, making a 9-11 mattress sale, yeah. people are going to notice. People are going to notice that. Uh, okay. All right. So I think that's it. Am I right? That's it. Um, yep. Okay. Uh, wow. We could not uh, end this episode without going out. And uh, Oh, I wanted to say Rosie Rose suggested... Uh, brilliant actress, wonderful woman uh, from Minneapolis, and maybe she's out in L.A. too. Rosie Rose suggested the twin price mattress sale commercial. Yeah, same one. Um, and she also was one of the individuals who suggested the diet supplement commercial for AYDS apostrophe, uh, AYD apostrophe S, the AIDS weight loss plan. And she also commented, hindsight is twenty twenty though, so that's something that we in... Uh, the 2000s look back and go, ooh, uh, Alex mean, Gradet. I, I, I mean, by the way, the, the, the gonorrhea diet yeah. supplement was a bad <laughs> idea from the beginning. Yeah. We can all agree. Yeah, that. yeah, that's right. The chlamydia uh, <laughs> weight loss, weight gaining shake was bad. Uh, our buddy Alex Gradet uh, was kind of hilarious, and the first responder is always, um, not, not that he's an EMT, he was the first responder to this uh, crowdsource. I mean, paste picante sauce ads ended with a lynching joke for years, and we were all like, cool, uh, <laughs> which was a very kind of a funny thing. Uh, Mars Richards, Crest Toothpaste, Mom's Gonna Kill You. I don't remember that. Does anybody remember that? I vaguely remember it. Okay. 
Uh, Matthew Reese, there's a PSA back in the day reminding people not to leave their pets in cars. The tagline was, hot enough to fry an egg, hot enough to fry your dog's brains. Eggs have been used in uh, yeah. PSAs for a long time. Uh, Vince Savage, Vance Savage, sorry, where's the beef? Um, fun, fun, fun suggestions from many, many, many people. Um, Leslie Gauger, Vern Funk commercials in Seattle. So that brings up the fact there's a lot of local, like that mattress, local commercials. Vern Funk, is that is that a really relation to the Nota Mean Vern? I don't think so. Jim I don't Varney? think the Jim Varney. Um, Let's see. You bet your sweet asper cream, Alyssa Rowinski. Right? I I I remind I remember that vaguely. Um, and our buddy Ken Stewart brought up the fact that uh, somebody on this podcast was part of a local uh, commercial campaign in Lawrence, Uh-oh. Kansas, in which they had the actors speak French instead of English to try to advertise men's suits. And unfortunately, the actors ooh, didn't ever take a minute worth of French, <laughs> and so we're horrible, and we're teased by children on the street, actually, uh, as I recall. Um, well, and we're not going to say which person it was. No, 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 no. Um, uh, Emily Jobbis brought up the Wilton's Coffee commercials, which were early Jim Henson uh, works. Oh, Jim sure, Henson was right, up. yeah. And they usually ended in some kind of explosion or... Or death, death. or something, yeah, some sort of... Yeah, puppet on puppet crime. Uh, Viking Chevrolet in Minneapolis was suggested by good buddy Tom Winter. Uh, Kelly Weinstein, our, our pal, Corn Nuts Bust a Nut campaign. Oh, that's a good one. Is it? Yeah. Uh, well, we, it's a good one from the standpoint that I just, I honestly can't believe how that got through the FCC. Yeah. Yeah. That is very funny. Um, so, those are some great suggestions. Now I'm going to pick at random. Oh, Kmart's Ship My Pants commercial. Uh, <laughs> Jody Bowman Eskenazi has suggested that. that. That's not real. That was that's a, not real, by the that way. That wasn't online. I thought that was a legit Kmart I online thing. I refuse to believe that's okay, real. Okay. Well, I just refuse to believe it. Uh, Richard's uh, believing. He's got his own truth. Yep. Google is filling it in as I type S-H-I <laughs> and K. Yep. Yeah. Kmart, ship my pants. Oh, boy. Okay. So, wait a second. Well, that's um, why Kmart is at the, at the top of the retail food chain at this point. Was that's, the That's why last night I was out at a Kmart at 9 o'clock at night with my friend, and... Um, they were selling racks for seventy five dollars because, because the store was closing. Yeah, wow. Uh, I want. They get... had signs up that said, uh, "This is all because of the ship my pants promotion." <laughs> Are you happy now? Are you happy as now? Ushering us out of the store. Okay, so dudes, uh, thanks so much for your great suggestions. Now I'm going to randomly pick things, and it's going to disappoint one of you probably. Um, so because it had. And there was nostalgia in each one of these. I'm gonna pick in there. I'm gonna pick the burger ones. So I'm gonna pick one. Of the, the where's Herb uh, from Richard and the McDonald's Olympic campaign from Michael. And I think Richard gets a ding, ding, ding on the 911 one because yeah, there's uh, a one, match. One of our we have matched up. It was like the match game. I, I, I'm, I'm, for that one. Yeah. I matched with Fanny Flag. That's right, Rosie name, Rose. Whatever her name was. <laughs> Rosie yeah. Rose. Um, then, uh, because I'd never heard of it before, and Coca-Cola is like a huge product, and I th- like to think of myself as a history, uh, least popular culture person, the Coke Magic Cans thing. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Just because it pissed me off. That was four. Oh, that's four? Yeah. Then screw you guys. I'm not going to give out anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm going to advertise? Next week's episode, our Halloween episode! Ooh. Our spooktacular! Chain noises <laughs> rattling. Local radio guy trying to do Bella Lugosi. Frankenstein's monster groaning. There's Frankenstein's dog, <laughs> Snoopy. <laughs>
The spooktacular, uh, the Mount Rushmore of Death is next week, and not in a morbid, sad way. In but a in fun a way. Fun, fun way. Fun, yes. All this the fun of death. Death in parentheses. Not personal. No. No, 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 no. Uh, so so uh, thank you so much uh, for listening to this episode of the Mount Rushmore of Who's the Ad Wizard? Who came up with this one? As always, I'm Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. 